0: Welcome to week two of our Going Backstage series, where we're diving into our Wesleyan heritage, we're diving into our Wesleyan theology, we're diving into our Wesleyan understanding of faith, where we're going to spend some time diving into exactly who is this John Wesley fellow. All right, so John Wesley, great dude, came over from England, came to the Americas, taught a bunch of stuff. And so what we're gonna be doing in this week is we're gonna be looking at history. Specifically, we're going to be looking at the history of John Wesley and his brother Charles. See, they were actually a bit of a duo. Uh, The reason why history is so important and what we're going to be talking about today is that history unlocks for us an opportunity for insight into our current understanding. As we look to the past, what we do is we see what has brought us here. I always talk about this with people in context of things like pastoral care and things like family systems. Uh, There's a whole subset of pastoral care and particularly counseling called family systems theory, which is all about understanding how who we are is really inherently defined by what it is that brought us here. And so I am the product of my mother and my father and my two brothers and the way in which I was raised. The, 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 the things that I carry, the baggage that I carry, the good things that I carry, all this stuff is really the result of my upbringing. And I can't escape that. I can't undo that. I can allow that to inform how I engage with others today. I can allow that to inform my actions and my words and my thoughts and my philosophical understandings today. And so in the same way, our understanding, our teachings in the church are much of the same way. And so it's it's really important for us to understand our history. And so that is what week two is all about. Week two is all about understanding our history. Now, as we look at John Wesley and his brother Charles, what we see is we see actually a pretty cool story that uh weaves through um uh weaves through uh both uh Great Britain and America um a few uh few centuries ago. And so what this means for us is we get to see how John Wesley was a man who was born into a family of great faith. His mother was phenomenal, Susanna Wesley, look her up. She's incredible. She deserves every book that's ever been written about her and then some. And his uh and his father who is an Anglican priest. And so he was brought up in a very spiritual home. He's one of 19 kids, like that is incredible. 19 kids, and he and his brother Charles uh, went to Oxford together. And when they were at Oxford together, they were um, very, very devout in their faith, and they tried to grow and learn in their faith. And so you see John and Charles growing in their faith and figuring out how it is they can engage others with their understanding of God and God's work. And that was all based upon understanding how God was at work through Scripture. So they would start with Scripture. They started with um, they started with Scripture. They started with an understanding of the ways in which the Catholic Church was really important that led up to the Protestant Reformation, which happened in the 1500s. And, and and then with the Protestant Reformation, what are things that that maybe the church wasn't doing perfectly, both on the Catholic end and on the Protestant end? And so John and Charles Wesley said, well, let's start with Scripture and let's pull the best parts of all these different understandings of how the church. That work in the world. Let's put them together and let's start teaching that. And that is exactly what they did. And then they, they brought those teachings over to America and they were able to engage this uh, rural agriculturally minded community that was the early colonies and engage them in ways that other churches necessarily weren't. See, other churches typically were built around the idea that you needed to come to church in order to engage with the with the larger church community, in order to engage with Scripture, in order to engage with God. And what John and Charles did is they figured out how can we bring church to the masses. And so they did this by being circuit riders, uh, going around preaching sermons, and then setting up miniature communities with small groups, with home churches, and with covenant groups that allowed people to engage in their faith in new ways. That was what John was doing while Charles was writing incredible hymns that, um, that allowed people to engage with their faith and, and understand finer theological points in catchy little jingles that we still sing in our hymn book today. If you don't know, Charles Wesley is literally the most prolific hymn writer of all time, not just in the Methodist faith, not just in Wesleyan heritage, but literally of all time. He actually wrote Hark the Herald Angel sings, you know, one of the most famous and important uh, uh hymns that we wrote, uh, that we that we sing today. So as we look at all this kind of history, we look at the Protestant Reformation, we look at the early Wesley movement, we see in the ways in which John Wesley's faith was was uh created the ways it was transformed the ways that it was grown and the ways that he came to have a deeper love of God and God's grace and the way God was at play in his life and the lives of those around them we get to actually see that we still teach so many of those same principles today and so much of those actually inform who we are the ways in which John and, uh John Wesley was uh approved women to preach and you know he wasn't the biggest fan in the world of it but it's okay because he did approve the idea that we Women could be preachers, and that's something that we still hold on to dearly in our Wesleyan tradition today because we recognize that women are brilliantly gifted preachers. They are brilliantly gifted teachers. They are brilliantly gifted leaders that we need to look to in order to fully understand God. And so as we look at kind of all of these things, this allows us to recognize how we can continue to grow in our faith today. So what I want you to do for our two scriptures uh, today is we're going to be looking at first Romans 15, 1 through 6. And in Romans 15, 1 through 6, we're seeing Paul talk about the ways in which our, uh, our, our scripture, our historical teachings have been there to set us up for success and to set us up to understand how we can encourage and provide hope to others. And so as you look at Paul's writing, see how, how him writing to the Romans in that way, talking about the historical context of scriptures can be very important for us today is the same way it was important for the Romans in that time. The other scripture that we're going to be diving into is uh, from the book of Exodus. This is going to be Exodus 12. You're going to look at 17 and 18, and then, then you're going to jump forward to 24 through 27. So Exodus 12, 17 through 18, and then 24 through 27. This uh, this whole passage actually of, of Exodus 12, really it's diving into uh, the historical tradition of Passover. This is when the Israelite people, they were saved um, through the actions of God. And, and in the actions of God, they had the opportunity to uh, to be freed through God and God's work, and it is actually in the Passover supper that we celebrate things like Monday, Thursday. It's the uh, Passover supper that we see things like the uh, the Last Supper and the uh, and and uh, the First Communion that we continue to take today. And so we can see actually how historically speaking, it was our church history, it was our church tradition, our church heritage, going all the way back to the Israelites in Egypt that informs our actions today. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, diving into history a little bit better. Um, I hope you get to enjoy the opportunity to experience a subject that typically people uh, can get a little bit bored with, which is history, and hopefully you can enjoy it today in the context of your small group.